Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. I wanted to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here. So make sure you sign up for my free newsletter at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you use failure as a foundation for your success. I'll also be interviewing business coach and author Lennox Cornwall, who shares his personal story of failure and how that turned into his best-selling book, Embracing Failure, Your Key to Success. This book will give you the necessary tools to use any setback as a comeback for success. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Thomas Edison tried 2,000 different materials in search of a filament for the light bulb. When none worked satisfactorily, his assistant complained, All our work is in vain. Not sure if we can even use electricity properly. Edison replied very confidently, Oh, we have come a long way and we've learned a lot. We know now that there are at least 2,000 elements which we cannot use to make a good light bulb. Failure, the foundation for success. The word failure has a lot of negative connotations to it. Usually when we think of the word failure, it's very final, it's very complete. For example, you failed a test in school, or you failed in a relationship, or you failed in a business. Whenever we assign that word failure to something, it's linked with very powerful, painful emotions. Let's think of it a different way. If I were to say, I failed at cleaning my house today, why do you think that that would not be so painful for me? The reason why is because the emotional investment we've put in each situation determines how painful it is should we quote-unquote fail from that. When we think of the word failure as so final, in other words, that nothing can come out of what we perceive to be failure, then yes, it is going to be very painful and very overwhelming. I always like to think of failure as simply a reframe of what we're supposed to do next in life. When we were younger, we had an idea of what we wanted to be when we grew up. And for some people, that came true. And for other people, as we grew up, our interests changed and we grew and developed into somebody completely different. That's the same type of thing we need to think about in every situation. What worked for us today may not work for us tomorrow. I always like to remind people that we grow and develop naturally. So that means we need to grow and develop in whatever it is we're doing in life. And that could be in a relationship. That could be at work, that could be in our company that we own, that could be in our exercise. All of those things need to grow and develop. Think of a baby. When a baby's first born, he will drink his mother's milk, and then as he gets older, he'll eat non-solid foods, and then he transitions to solid foods. Think of that in the situation you're in right now. When you first started out, let's say in a relationship, you may have seen that person once or twice during the week, and as that relationship developed, you started to see that person more often. It's the same type of thing as that baby. You start out small and you grow and develop. If you find in your life that you're not growing and developing, then yes, whatever it is you're doing is not going to succeed 
because it is not developing and growing with what the needs are in your own life, or maybe even the needs are in the business environment in which you work. There was a really well-known movie rental company here. People would drive there every weekend to rent the latest movies. They're the gold standard for what this type of company should look like. One of the difficulties with that was because they were the gold standard of that, they didn't grow and develop the way they could have. A very small company approached them and said, hey, we have this ability to stream movies directly to people's houses, and we would like to partner with you. So this first company was very confident in their business strategy, and they declined to have this other company join them. Unfortunately, because of that, that really well-known company went bankrupt and is no longer around because it did not grow and develop. And that second company who just started up is now known as Netflix. And everybody knows who Netflix is. My whole point in this lesson is when we get stuck in what we perceive to be failure and don't look at how this is now a stepping stone to grow and develop into a different version of you or even perhaps a different version of your company, then yes, you will feel as if there's no other option. Everything is a setup for your next success. My upcoming guest, Lennox Cornwall, speaks specifically about this. He's an expert in failure and how to use failure to catapult you into the next stage of your life. It's only failure if you get stuck in that mentality or it can be the foundation for your success. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. Lennox Cornwall is a renaissance man who has applied creativity, leadership, and entrepreneurial skills in several ventures. He graduated in economics, then became a corporate banker. Thereafter, he fulfilled a boyhood dream of becoming a business owner, which after initial success was a miserable failure. To understand this failure, Lennox wrote a journal of its causes. His journal morphed into his best-selling book, Embrace Failure, Your Keys to Success, which explains how to turn failure into sustainable success. Welcome to my show, Lennox. Thank you for having me on, James. I'm glad to be here. It's such a pleasure to meet you. I'm really looking forward to talking about your book. You know, we were talking in the pre-call about how relevant this book is because I think so many of us from the you know, the dream that we have in our hearts to you maybe just doing something today, we find that we often internalize something as failure and failure is defeating. But what I love, just even the, the concept of your book itself, is the reframe of that. So we're definitely going to talk about all of those amazing things. But I really wanted to just really validate the need and the necessity of this book. So it's really going to be great to talk with you about it today. Sounds great. Well, why don't you give us a little bit of a backstory? So where are you originally from? Well, I was actually born in Grenada, but at the age of six months, my parents, in their wisdom, decided to drag me kicking and screaming, because that's what I did back then, James, <laughs> to London. We lived in London, and I grew up in London. I had my career there, um, came to the United States in the year 2000, a new millennium, and of course, a new life for me. Mm -hmm. So that's the backstory in terms of uh, my background. As you quite rightly said, I am an economics graduate, and that um, took me to a banking career, which I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. It was a phenomenal time. But after a while, I did become a rather square peg in a round hole. And then what happened was something extremely interesting. I had a meeting with uh, one of my bosses. I had several back in those mm -hmm. days. <laughs> and he decided that he would love to expand an operation that I was in charge of. It was a lending function. 
which I started up on behalf of the bank, and it went fantastically well. What then happened was I really needed some help because I couldn't cope with just myself and the two assistants I had. So one of my colleagues around the same sort of level as me in the bank was invited to join me in this project. And I thought that he would be reporting to me on the Monday. But when I sort of said, fantastic, Steve and I got on great, my boss said to me, no, you don't understand. You'll be reporting to Steve on Monday. Oh, goodness. Exactly. James, I didn't know what to do with myself. Oh, my gosh. I literally found a dark spot and I bawled my eyes out. It was the first time I cried since the age of five. (laughs) (laughs) And the last time since then. But it was very good because I decided at that point to leave the bank and set up my own business, Mm -hmm. which was a dream I'd had as a child. And I did. Initial success, like you said, was fantastic. We had, you know, really great clients and it was going very well. However, what my two partners and I had in Charisma, we absolutely lacked in business acumen back in those days. And ultimately, the business failed. Hmm. It, was, it was the very first failure I'd ever had in my life, as far as I can remember. Sure. And I decided to understand it. And what I did was I just started writing stuff down. And it was really incredible. I got so many aha moments. And the biggest aha moment was when I decided this thing is a book. I don't know how and I don't know why, but it's a book. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Yeah. So there you are. I mean, I I then published it and it became an international bestseller. That's amazing. Literally within two hours of of launching. Are you serious? Lennox, that's amazing. Wow. Within two hours. So there's an absolute need for this. I mean, and, and that's what's exciting to me. Wow, that's that's absolutely phenomenal. You know, I, I think it's so interesting because the dreams and light, and we have, you know, it's it's. I always tell people a closed door does not mean it's it's a negative thing. It just simply means it's a closed door. Whether we would have walked through that door and there would have been a failure, if you will, or sometimes the God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, closes the door in front of us because we we're protecting us and to kind of pivot us to a different way and that really launches us into the way that our life is supposed to go instead of the way we think it's supposed to go. Because often <laughs> those are totally two different things absolutely and i like to look at that somewhat like a maze james if mm-hmm. you come across a block whether it's a window or a door that means you just got to turn left or right or exactly. go up or down and <laughs> yeah. find another way it's just a maze you've got to get out of it um and by and by finding the blockages you're absolutely looking then for the um solutions it's mm-hmm. like sales you know mm-hmm. um, a lot of salespeople tell me that they look for no's now because they know they're closer to the next yes and the more doors you find closed in front of you means that you're closer to the window or the door that's open for you. So don't stop whenever you find a closed door. That's a, that's a great reframe. Because I think it also goes back on when we, when we get caught in the loss or caught in what's been closed in our life, that's very, there's no power behind that because we, we look at it as if, we're less than or we're or failure or what, however you want to conceptualize that. But when we, when we move that towards a proactive response, which is actionable, which is doable, which is something that's very empowering, it literally causes that person to come from a place of loss to a place of strength. And I think it's so important that when people get stuck in that mentality or maybe even they label themselves a failure and they label themselves whatever the outcome was of that event, that then they internalize that label. And then when they move forward, they think, well, I can't do this because I'm this from what was in my past and using those past labels often stunt us from becoming that person that we are destined to become without question all labels get if you like get lodged in our subconscious mind and sometimes i'm working with a particular client and they absolutely want to achieve something and they've got all the positive affirmations and everything else but what they don't realize until we get together 
is that all the powerful affirmations that they have and all the intentions that they have are going to the subconscious mind and it's looking up and saying, no, that's not what you really want. Mm-hmm. This in here is what you really want. So we then work on actually clearing that stuff out so that they can then move forward. And you probably know this better than most, given the field of work that you're in. <laughs> well, I, I think that's wonderful because the, 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 exactly like you said, the, the core beliefs that we really have based off of our uh, based off of our external thoughts. So they're usually not the same. <laughs> I may say, you know, I'm the greatest person here or there, but if I truly don't believe it in my heart, well, then there's no way it's going to come true. But okay. even in your book, you have, you actually have failure is an acronym. So each letter is an, a step to kind of crack the code. So why don't we go through those, the acronym of failure and what that, what that specifically means? Right. So what I did, James, was I, was, I actually paused for a while and actually looked out in nature and it really dawned on me that there is absolutely no such thing as failure in nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then I true. thought, well, why then am I holding it this way? And of course, it's just conditioning, conditioning through life. And so when I sat down, I just started penning things in fruitful and informative lesson urging renewed effort came to me because if we can sort of reframe failure, mm-hmm. As simply a lesson, again, as you mentioned, we start opening up to possibility rather than looking at why we can't. And this has been extremely helpful, not just to me, but to many of my clients and people that I just share it with in the street. They come back and say, wow, now I see everything as a lesson. Every question that comes to me also comes with an answer. Mm -hmm. And therefore, all I've got to do is start working on finding the answer. And it may come in a minute, it may come in a day, it may come sometimes in a year, depending on how complex the project is. So if if I can get one message across to your audience, it's to absolutely see everything that happens in life, good, bad, and ugly, as a lesson, Mm -hmm. learn what you need to learn, take it into the next moment, and then apply what you've learned in that moment. That is called progress. That's how we learn. That's how we earn. And once again, that comes from a place of not looking at what was versus what can be. It's that shift in our perception of what did I learn? What am I learning about myself right this second? And in that, that's, once again, that's actionable, that's doable. But a failure is often, you know, we, we, it's, it's very impotent. There's, there's no energy behind that because we're stuck in the loss. Whereas like we said, the, the shifting of the refocus is doable. And that leads you towards action. That leads you towards success. Very much so. One of the things I've decided is that everything in life almost is a placebo. If we believe that a failure, if we can call it that, is going to be good for us, then it is good for us. Mm -hmm. If we believe it's going to be bad for us, then it's going to be bad for us. We decide. Now, would you also say that goes in the preconceived ideas of something or just in the moment? Preconceived ideas as well, because Mm -hmm. if you take a preconceived idea into your life, into what you're doing in life, you are pre if you like, disposed Mm -hmm. to accepting that preconditioning. So it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. And whatever whatever mindset or mentality we go into any situation creates the foundational piece for how strong and successful we're going to be. Very much so. I'm actually writing another book right now. I'm not going to bore you with the details, but one of the things I say in there is that life itself is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. Oh, interesting. Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Huh, I really like that. I mean, I, I can understand that from a much deeper, more... Um, much more philosophical way as well. Yeah, it's definitely philosophical, it's spiritual, and Mm -hmm. it's also very mundane. I mean, you know, we can apply science to this as well, quite frankly. There's enough neuroscience out there now established with, you know, double-blind experiments and so on that shows that, you know, we apply life the way we think, and therefore our thinking creates our lives. So it is a self-fulfilling prophecy, totally. 
correct. Whatever a man believes to be true will be true for him. Yes. Indeed. When you, when you look at your book overall and the readers that, that read it, have you, well, let me back up. Have you had a lot of really good reviews from the, from the, the readers themselves? Have they, have they gotten back with you about how this has changed their lives? Without Because I would imagine so. Yeah, without question. I mean, the, the book is is um, very much more than just the title in many ways. It really is a manual of success that deals with many aspects of life. So, for example, I like to start with people's values. You know, mm-hmm. what do you believe in? If you believe that the world is a very supportive place and everybody that I come across is going to be equally supportive, you start creating that in your life. So I like to come from that aspect of life where I'm, if you like, helping people to recondition themselves to see value in the world, value in themselves, looking at their self-image, helping them to improve that. Once you start getting that right, then everything else starts tumbling into place. So I also look at things like genius. We like to look at Einstein or Da Vinci and say, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, wow, they were geniuses and they were born lucky that way. Well, no, they're simply tapping into if I can call it universal consciousness, in a way that we who are not regarded as genii are not. So again, I give some very basic principles in the book to help people understand their genius. And it's amazing. Once people start using the tools, yes, I've had tremendous feedback Mm, on all aspects of the book that, wow, now that I'm actually doing things in the way you suggested in the book, I now actually see moments of genius in me that I couldn't see before. Or fruitful and informative lesson, urging renewed effort. Wow, I get it. Everything's (laughs) a lesson and it's no longer a problem for me. So, yeah. Well, I think it goes back to the concept of value. When you value everything around you, you may not value the experience per se, but it goes back to what you just said. Everything is a lesson. So you value the lesson. You may not value certain attributes of what, what, you, what happened, but you value either the reframe or in value things in a way which kind of make up the world around you, which then helps your perception of the world change. So I think it really goes back to that whole thing of, like you said, the value system as well, and then help understanding your own value in the greater scheme of in the world around you, which then help lead towards your destiny. Very much so. We always have a decision to make. Whenever we're confronted with something, we have a decision to make. And let me give you the very first one that most of us made. We were born, and some of us weren't breathing, so we got a spank on the bottom. We could, in that moment, we could cry and bawl, or we could say to the midwife, Thank you, sister. I've got this. I'll take it from here. Right. And then later on, life is going to continue spanking you on the bottom and you're going to either ball and Mm -hmm. cry or say, thank you, life. I've got this. I'll take it from here. We're making that decision all the time. And if we all look at our lives where we are right now, we're all stuck in somewhat of a rut, which I like to call a comfort zone. Everyone's in Mm -hmm. a comfort zone. I don't care how successful or unsuccessful we are. And that comfort zone is determined by the times that we bawl and cry when we're confronted with a situation and the times that we say, thank you, life, I've got this, I'll take it from here. So the culmination of all of those little decisions puts us in our comfort zone. And and I, again, like to help people to recognize that and give them some tools to break free of that particular situation. Wow, that's, that's absolutely f- phenomenal in that. Now, is this, now when you, do you do this outside of, of, do you have like a coaching as well? Are you a coach too? Or is this specifically in the book? Very much so. I, I do coaching and consulting. And yes, uh, this, the book that I'm currently writing um, is definitely, if you like, bringing more of the tools mm-hmm. that I use in my coaching to the which, world. Which is absolutely phenomenal. 
That, that's great. You know, one of the other things I was I was reading about you is you know you have um, the, the three pretty much truths or questions that you always pose to people of, is who and what do you really want to be in life? What do I really want to do with my life? And what types of person, place, and things do I really want to have in my life? I think those are very basic questions, but such powerful questions that many people don't really stop and reflect and really do a lot of in, internal work of well, what does that really mean in my life? Agreed. And, you know, Sir Winston Churchill once said, I'm going to paraphrase him terribly poorly, but I think people will get the point. He once said something like, you know, men trip over themselves and find the truth, and then they pick themselves up, dust themselves off as though nothing happened. And I thought that that was really powerful. Mm -hmm. But the more I thought about it, the more powerful it got, because what we tend to do is once we start glimmering little truths about ourselves, what comes with that is the onus of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And once we find out that it's now down to us, we've got to do something about yes. it. So it's easy to say, oh, I, you know, I, I really don't understand what that means, or I don't want to look at that, because the minute I do, I now know that I cannot blame anybody else. I have to accept that this is for me to do, and then I've got to do something about it. Otherwise, I'm out of congruency with what my conscience yes. is saying I ought to do. Yes, and I think it also goes back to if we don't take responsibility for it or just sometimes even oblivious of it, we're going to repeat that same lesson over and over and over again until we finally get it. And sometimes people don't get it, but the reality is the more quickly you can pick yourself up, dust yourself off, reframe, learn the response or figure out what the lesson was, take responsibility and pivot and do something different. That is when that lesson then becomes assimilated into your life and you don't have to do that. And then you have a next lesson, the next beautiful lesson as well. So I, th I think it's so true in, in everything you're saying. Yes, indeed. And this is this is called the path to success. Mm -hmm. You know, it is not this beautiful straight line that has roses thrown in front of your feet. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool, right? We'd all be walking that path. It truly is one that goes twisty, turny. Yeah. Then there's a fork in the road. And, you know, which one do I take? And sometimes you take what is, quote unquote, the wrong one, but you are still alive and you can still move. And therefore, you can still find another path that takes you back onto the track that you believe is the right one for you. It's, this is a, life is a learning experience. It truly is. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the things that many people don't realize that, like you said, life isn't straight. You know, sometimes you have to, those switchbacks, <laughs> if you think about a, a, a path like in the mountains, you, you switch back, you go backwards. And sometimes people think backwards means it's backwards, but it's really not. It's just a different way to get you around an obstacle. Beautiful. There's so yep. many metaphors and so many things in life, but I think sometimes when we think very linear in the sense of A plus B equals C, well, that's just not how the world works. You'd be able to think in a very abstract way that, you know, not everything is a straight line, like you said. You know, one thing I really like for people to, to maybe think about in a figurative way is a Rubik's Cube. And so a Rubik's Cube has six different sides. And if we focus on one side all the time, well, that's only what we're going to see. But we don't realize the depth of, of what, is, what is the cube. So being able to spin the cube in multiple different directions allows for us to say, well, okay, if I keep looking at it one way, then that's all I'm going to see. But if I can really flip it around and turn it to such a degree that I see five other options there, and that just helps me say, well, then how do I, how do I change it? You know, if, if I'm continually stuck with a cognitive block, or in other words, if I, this is all I see, 
and then I'm not getting what's going on, well, then I literally have to figure out how to switch it so I can see a different version of it. And the reality is there are so many ways in which we can look at something. The problem is many of us don't take the time to say, well, if I keep repeating the same behavior over and over again, well, I'm clearly doing the same thing. So if I do stop and say, well, I don't want to feel this way anymore. Well, what led up to this? Well, then let me change that. Well, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm struggling to feel this is a failure, then let me reframe it to such a degree so it's not a failure. And I think many times people become, can become so a monofocused in the sense of that's all they see and not realize that life has, is a beautiful tapestry of many ways in which we can internalize something, but it's based off of the conscious choice we have in that moment to determine, I want to be different. What do I do different then? That's awesome. What you just said, James, is poetry, and I love it. It's that metaphor of the Rubik's Cube for life is beautiful, and it's taught me something. I now understand why I couldn't do the darn things, because I was always looking at one side. <laughs> exactly. And we all do it. That's the thing. I do it, you do it. We always do it. <laughs> but the beauty of the Rubik's Cube is there's so many other sides to it, and I think a lot of it has to do with, if we, as we know, if we do the same thing over and over and over again, well, of course, we know that's insanity, and that's why sometimes our life feels like it's out of control, and that we <laughs> literally feel crazy sometimes because we're not seeing a change in our life. Well, it's just simply stop and do something different. Just, I mean, you, your book is, is key on with, with all of that or spot on with all of that. So, I mean, it, it's going to be wonderful for, for my listeners to be able to, to, read the, to read this book. So I'm really excited about that as well. Fantastic. So is, what would be one of the biggest, I mean, because there's so many takeaways in your book there, but what, what is one particular element that maybe some people struggle with as they read this? Well, I'm going to stick with the with the um, acronym, James, mm-hmm. because that's the one I've actually got most feedback on. I mean, people truly, truly in our society fear many things. And I believe that the thing they fear the most is failing. And we can see that in the way our school system is set up where, you know, we now have, you know, no kid left behind and things like that that are, you know, putting somewhat of a Band-Aid on a bigger problem. Sorry. So, and, and in business, I mean, like the, a, lot, a lot of the people I coach are business people. A lot of the people I coach are simply people who want to, say, lose weight or something. And they tend to not follow through because they don't want to fail. You know, mm. I've either spent a bunch of money on all this diet stuff and I don't want to fail. I see. So I'm not going to spend the money on it. So there's a lack of commitment to it. Oh, that's, that's really good. Truthful and informative lesson. Yeah. Urging renewed effort is truly, I think, the biggest takeaway in the book. Wow. And I think that's, that's a really good part, point. If people think, well, I failed before, why even try? Well, once again, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy that you were talking about um, that, well, of course, we're not going to change if you don't do something different. You know? And so if you've set yourself up because historically you have failed, well, then obviously there's, your life is never going to change because it's this continual circuitous thinking errors that happen in your life which causes you to continually stay the way you are and you don't understand it. And that's often where people, I think the victimhood stance comes in. I'm a victim of my circumstance. I'm a victim of my genes. I'm a victim of this. I'm a victim of that. And by no means am I minimizing what people have gone through, what they experience. But the reality is there's always another way to look at something and there's always an answer. The problem is that people don't have the tenacity and me included sometimes, we don't find the tenacity to be able to find the answer. But the more you want to change something, the harder you have to work. Because if it was easy, you wouldn't need, <laughs> you wouldn't need anybody to help you at all right and oftentimes you know there's a tremendous will to change but people don't understand the thinking Mm -hmm. process they need to go through to make that change and that's where i like to help them so somebody once said if you change the way you look at things the things you look at Mm. change now if you take the um acronym from the book 
fruitful and informative lesson urging renewed effort. That truly completely changes somebody's thinking on what failure actually is. Failure is absolutely good when we actually go through it in this particular way. So changing that paradigm, that way of thinking, totally gets somebody looking at opening up and expanding toward the success they want rather than you know relying on this fear of I've tried this before and it didn't work and therefore I'm not going to waste time, money, effort on doing it again because I just don't want that to happen to me again. What it doesn't have to when you start looking at things in a different way. Exactly. Once again, that myopic viewpoint will always come from a place of fear as opposed to it's only a small piece in the grand scheme of things. Right. Well, Lennox if, Lennox, if my listeners would like to find out more information about you and about your book, where would they find all this information online? The best place to find out about me and the book would be my website, which is lennoxcornwall.com, www.lennoxcornwall.com. The book can be purchased through that site or on amazon.com. And the title of the book, just once more for your readers or listeners, let me say, is Embracing Failure your key to success. Wonderful. Well, Lennox, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and put it on my storefront as well. So for those of you who uh, may not remember Lennox's name or even the name of the book, simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and you'll be able to just uh, type in failure and in the search engine, it'll come up directly on my site, which will link you to Amazon and also to Lennox's uh, website as well. So Lennox, thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. I've truly appreciated it and I can't wait uh, to get the feedback about how this book has continually changed the lives of all my listeners. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, James. I truly hope your listeners have received as much out of this as I have. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.